I'm Robin Linden, and this is Eat the Rind, a podcast devoted to the world of artisan cheese and the things that go with it. Learn more online at eattherind.tumblr.com. During my holidays this summer, I drove through West Yorkshire, easily one of the most spectacular parts of England. And if you love rolling green hills, fluffy sheep, and ancient stone walls, West Yorkshire should be top of your list. Along the way, I stopped in Settle to interview Andy Swinscoe. Like many of us, Andy once whiled away the hours, plotting how he could make a living surrounded by cheese. He now owns what is surely the most perfectly formed cheese shop in all of the UK. And last week, he won Best New Cheese Shop at the British Cheese Awards. Over a cup of tea in Andy's cozy living room, he told me about his journey to becoming the owner of an award-winning cheese shop. Well, tell me how the whole cheese thing started for you. How did you, what was your aha moment? Everyone has one. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a strange one, actually. I, um, I was always into food. I grew up just north of here in Appleby in Westmond. Um, my dad ran a hotel. We grew up in a hotel. We lived in staff accommodation. My dad was really into food. And uh, me and my brother were interested, really interested in food. And um, you can tell that he works for Waitrose. He works in Waitrose head office. He left university and went straight into food. Um, I went, I went to university. He did business management. I went to university and um, studied culinary arts and hospitality because I was really interested in good food. So, I mean, I, I always think that sometimes I probably could have fallen into many other industries in terms of food because food is what interests me at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I did culinary arts at Sheffield Hallam. Um, and then from there I went to, got a job working in the Balmoral in Edinburgh, which is a mission style place, um, in, in their restaurant. And one of the things they were really good on there is they give you real freedom. You had to, there's a lot of knowledge in there. They were really, I mean, that type of place, you have to know everything. You have to look at the menu, you have to go, what does that word mean? So when somebody goes, what does that word mean? You can go, well, what the chef's done. Or they can look at the dish and say, that mushroom there. And you can go, oh, well, that's a Girol. That's been sourced from here. This has been picked by somebody. And you have to have a lot of knowledge. But one of the things they gave you real freedom on was the cheese board. Because, and it was kind of like, it almost came quite competitive. It's quite, it was one of the funniest times in my life working in that, in that restaurant. Because it was, it's amazing behind the scenes. It was the front house. And it was a good restaurant to work in Mission Star because they let you express your, your personality. But they gave us a lot of freedom on the cheese board. So they gave us a lot of, um, we used to buy Monzi's cheeses um, from, from John Thorpe down in London. And we used to have the French cheese on there because it was a very classic cheese board. It was, it was, it was a, it's a classic Michelin style place. Did know. the pastry chef decide the cheeses? Was no, no response? We, we left it, it to the cheesemonger, so we left it to Clarks at the time. We said, look, we want a box of French, we want a box of English. This is how much we want. Send us whatever you want. Um, and the, we used to have the French cheeses we had from Mons were absolutely amazing. And then the Scottish cheeses were good. But you felt like that against the Mons on the board, there was, I mean, you had the Breedemol for Mons and you had the Scottish Breeze, which were very nice, but if you taste them alongside each other, yeah. you're just like, mm-hmm. and, and then, uh, so we, they used to give us a lot of freedom. It came quite competitive, the cheese board, you know, because it was quite a good job to do the cheese board because you could just get on that trolley and you could just wander around the restaurant because Gary, the restaurant manager, was always like, make those wheels smoke on that cheese board, <laughs> you know, because if it was moving around the restaurant, people open, could see it, people could see it, people, yeah. so, and it was quite nice because if you're really busy, you'd get on the cheese trolley and you could be like, you could talk to a customer for like half an hour. Yeah. You're standing there chatting to them about cheese and just chatting to them about everything on my in Edinburgh. And so we used to do that. And it was quite competitive about knowledge of the cheeses. And so we used to get really into it. And one of the things we did is we went and visited Humphrey Errington, 
because um, it's just outside Edinburgh, Mithlan and Blue, probably in Dunside Blue. And I have to say that his cheeses, when they're on no metal, the Lanark Blue will blow you away. And that was probably the moment in like, I think I really enjoyed learning about the cheese. And really, that's what I really enjoy is learning. I really enjoy finding out more and more. And what I liked about his cheese is you could go all the way back and you visit Spam and see this farm. You could see the goat, the, the land, and you could see the influence he had on the local community in the local area. And not only that, it was really open and really friendly and really nice. And I thought, when I visit a lot of other producers, some of them are a little bit held back, and that's the one thing I love about the cheese industry is everybody's like, yeah, come and see what we do, I'll tell you all my secrets. Because the, the people who understand that know that if I go and make that cheese now here, it'll be very different. And also, there's not enough unpasteurised producers. So even if I make that cheese here, yes, I am competing a little bit probably, but there's, there's still yeah. not enough market. You know, there's still not enough. I'd love to be there to be another good blue for me to buy in the UK. I'd love to. You know, it's... um. There's not enough, and I think that it's such a hard industry to work in. That everybody's really open, everybody gets on really well. Um, now they say that the ice, ice cream industry, it's, it's like the opposite. So even the small artisan producers, mm. really cutthroat, won't speak to each other. That's interesting. Wine apparently is like that. Yeah, exactly. Well. And um, and I think that's what makes it makes the difference. And if you look at how like Sam Holden, have a cheddar, um, went and spent a lot of time with everybody, but spent a lot of time with Lincolnshire Poacher. And his original recipe when he started out exactly. was just like a copy of Lincolnshire Poacher, mm -hmm. but nobody minded. And you know, and now they both exist, and they both get on really well. And you know, and they some, make completely different cheese. They make completely different cheese, and um, and that's what was, that's really caught my imagination. But what? So I went back to work in a restaurant. And what really annoyed me a little bit was um, the Scotch cheese was good, but compared with the French cheese we had in the bar, it was, it was amazing. And the head chef at the time, I looked at now, and I don't. I think we were definitely wrong because we didn't know what we were doing. We just it was you know, and I was speaking to the head chef at the time, a really great man. No one's Galvin's um, in Edinburgh, Craig Sandler. Very, very good chef, amazing chef actually. Um, he was like, well, maybe it's just the way we look after the cheese, and that probably that also sent another click in my brain. So we got to a stage where I was wondering whether to continue in hospitality because I really enjoy working in hospitality. A lot of people say they left hospitality because of the hours. Because I never had that problem. I really loved working in hospitality. I had a great time, um, but I was like, I'm really interested in cheese. So I contacted quite a lot of people. I contacted Juliet Harbour, Neil Dairy, Paxton Whitfield, Fine Cheese Company. Pretty much everybody who I thought did good cheese. And did you email them or just go on their website? No, and I wrote them a personal address. letter. I wrote everybody a personal letter saying, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm interested in. Would you be interested? And the first person to get back to me was Juliet Harbour, actually. And she got back to me and said, it's really interesting. Why don't you go and work for Mons? Why don't you go and do some time with them? Because they look after cheese well. Because I mentioned that maybe that was a problem. Mm -hmm. and, and she was like, why don't you go and work for them? Because they sell really good cheese. That, that's good. And then Paxton's came back to me and said, look, we're looking for Christmas staff. Ruri, who was head manager of Paxton's at the time in London, had worked for Martin Wishart in Edinburgh and knew the kind of the same people I knew. It's all like a small, yeah. it's a small world like Paul Thomas who makes slime and employed Ruri and George Mews, who now, are, yeah. you know, now, well, at the time Ruri was in Paxton Whitfield on German Street. And so he said to me, well, why don't you come down and do six or seven weeks with us over the Christmas period? And see whether you like working in cheese because he came from a hospitality background as well, mission start and just right. I want to do something different. So you went to German Street. So I went to German Street and did a Christmas period with with Paxton's. I thought, right, I'll go and do this. I'll go and do six, seven weeks with them, and I'll go and see whether actually I want to go all in and give up because I was. I mean, I got I got a good degree from hospitality. I did a lot of my end of hospitality research and my dissertation on history of British cheese that was published. I did the whole final year. Wow. The whole final year I did. I've evolved it around cheese. So it's um but 
And I was like, I'm, I, and I got offered some really nice jobs. I read Carnation Hotels, they offered me a really nice job. And Walker 40 Hotels over the bottom of they offered me, and I was like, I'm really interested in cheese. And Red Carnation, the managing director, actually a really nice man. He was like, go and do cheese. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it'd be great for you to come work here. Because I can see, mm. your eyes like up when you talk about cheese. Just go and do it. That's yeah. such an important thing to recognise. And he was like, everybody in their life, he was, I, I, had a lot, I had a lot, a lot of time for Jonathan Maggett, who was their manager. And he was like, everybody needs to get out of the comfort zone. He was like, everybody sits mm. there going... Oh, but this is good. I'm comfortable. And he's like, I did my degree in this, so yeah, I have to. Yeah, and he was like, through. just go and do it. Get yourself out of comfort zone. It'll be difficult. You'll learn a lot. Just go and do it. So I went and so I thought, well, I'll just dip the toe in the water and go and work for Paxton's for six, seven weeks. So I went down there and went there Christmas period when um, in German Street. You know, they take about a third of their revenue in December in German yeah, Street. Yeah, of course. Because they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're famous, but also everybody, the old Mayfair people, like Christmas time, cheese, Paxton Whitfield. Yeah. They are by appointment to uh, Her Majesty. Yeah, exactly. And we used to hand deliver cheese downtown, but I just see the cream is quite funny. Because they've got all these security checks, but then you just walk to the front gate with a bag of cheese and hand it. You know, it's just like every day. <laughs> we have a royal warrant. We can yeah, deliver. we can, yeah. And then, oh, cheese delivery, there you go. Just, um, but it's quite nice because I worked, I worked a little bit in the shop. I worked downstairs. It's downstairs the other day when I was there. I think it's changed now. Yeah, they've they completely had, changed. They've completely changed it, but they, um, and they had like a little agency where they did all the wholesale of which was nice because then it was all hand-delivered in Mayfair. So I'd work down there, cut up cheese, taste cheese, tasted a lot of cheese. First time I'd ever tasted a lot of cheeses because in Scotland we weren't having things like Keynes and Montgomery. Yeah. We were having Isle of cheddar, which is an amazing mm -hmm. cheddar. But there's a lot of southwest cheeses that I'd never tasted, and like Keynes, Montgomery's, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And the different batches, because they go and select Montgomery's as well. So, was, I mean, it's just I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then also delivering the cheese was pretty amazing because you wander around Mayfair. And you go like into the Ritz's restaurant, and then you go into like the Wolseley, mm -hmm. and also like some of the some of the gentlemen's clubs, which you wouldn't even realise was a gentlemen's club. You just walk past it, and it's just like a door. Yeah. I realise now because there's a man standing at the door, but it just looks like a house or an office or something. There's a man standing at the door, and you and then you go in and you go downstairs into these gentlemen clubs. And I remember one I went into I was delivering cheese to him, and there were like sixty or seventy quails laid out, and there was a chef just gently stuffing each quail. And I was like, just oh for this, gosh. what was a nondescript building, but it was obviously something... Major was happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was just gently stuffing. They were, take, they were taking such precision over this square. And you're thinking, actually, that looks like it's going to be an amazing meal. But it's, it's, there, there is amazing meals happening that are in restaurants that you don't even know about. Yes, and, um, and they're not being written up. In... Yeah, exactly. And um, so I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, but then I thought, I mean, they, they offered... To keep me on at Paxton's, but it was, I mean, it was a shopkeeper's wage and I couldn't really mm. afford to move down to London. And obviously, I had Cathy living in Edinburgh, so I was like, Well, what am I going to do? So I spoke to John at Mons, who I got, I was getting on better and better with actually, and, I, and they've done a lot for me. I have a lot of time for John and Jane at Mons, they, they really care about cheese and they care about all cheese, which is good. Yeah, I they, agree. They, yeah. They, they, they don't just Absolutely. say, Look, these are the cheeses we do. They're like, They introduced me to Anster, which I stuck. They were like, I was talking about Cheshire Styles, and he was like, Oh, go and try Anster. And I rang up, and you know they, they they were prepared to interest me to they introduced mm. me to a new brand new cheese that they, that they don't sell. They don't sell. Yeah. They have no interest in selling, but they they think they it's a genuinely great love it. They genuinely love it and think it's a great cheese. And I think that's what's great about the industry as well. They just they were just like, and that's what's great about them too. And that's why I really, really like them. And so they so I spoke to them and spoke to Paxton Whitfield, the manager at the time. Where he said, "Well, I tried years ago to get a, a, a royal because they're members of the royal warrant holders." 
they do this thing called the Queen Elizabeth Scholarship Trust, which is an amazing trust, um, which gives grants to people who are craft-orientated in the UK. Um, and he tried his ideas ago to get that so they can go and do cheese. Oh, um, okay. But they turned him down because he was working already for a cheese business, mm. and they felt like the business should pay for it rather than. Right. So I applied to that with a view to going to Mons, and they I went through several rounds of questioning, and but they usually give out. I mean, they give out to people who are like making hand-setting jewels into things, mm. or people who are restoring ancient books. But it's quite interesting for Reviving them. Reviving old traditions. Reviving old traditions, yeah. Uh, sculptors making mm-hmm. proper stuff. I mean, it's worth looking on the website because they're really, and it's a really good charity actually. It's exciting to know that, that that's happening. Yeah, and they and they, so then you can get quite big grants off them, but they're really strict about how they give grants to. But they were quite interested in me because the majority of their funding comes from world warrant holders who are food based, but the majority of their spending goes on oh, non food. Um, and the only other food person they'd had in their whole history was a baker who'd gone to the States and spent two or three months working with different bakeries in New York because that was like, she went to there because that was where you get all the bakeries mm. in one area rather than if you go to France, you learn French, you go to the yeah. other whereas in New York you can get everything. And so they're really interested actually and they, um, they helped me out massively because Mon said they'd take me on an apprenticeship but they, they wouldn't pay me. And it was a bit like, I don't think I can afford that, I'd love to do it. But they said, well, we will pay for your lodging. They the grant pay for my lodging and pay for my food while I was over there. But it was just, I mean, admittedly, I, I, I still need stuff to spend on. Yeah. But it was just like, so I thought, right, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do seven months. And went abroad. And we spoke before about walking into Mons. And they were, I mean, in Mons, they're, pre, they're pretty, the French are pretty guarded at first. But once they, once they, no, you're so Mons are famous strictly for Offenor, right? Yeah. They don't make their own cheese. No, they're they... very famous for Offenor, and they um, and there's cheeses that I feel like they really add something to it. Um, we used to get Saint-Maurin really young. I used to get loads of Saint-Maurin, and we used to touch. What they taught me was to examine every cheese when it comes in, and then they would touch every single one. They'd be like, right, even in the same batch coming from the same producer, they'd be like, that one needs a little bit more drying. That one needs drying, but not as much. That one's ready to go in the cave. Because mm-hmm. they've sat obviously in a tray in a fridge or wherever in a cage in some in cave occasion sat more. And the ones in the middle have been more humid, the ones on the outside have dried more, the ones have been yeah. moulded at the beginning of the moulding, the ones have been moulded at the end of moulding. So they're all maturing slightly differently, even though they're made on the same day. And at Mons they would touch every single one. And that's why it was very labour intensive. That's why they're not the cheapest, but that's why yeah. they are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um because we touch every single one and I got a feel for really just one of the things they taught me was just to look at every single cheese and react to every single cheese that comes in. And also to do with touch about how, especially with goat's cheeses, you can touch it and you go, oh, that one needs a little bit more drying because they feel a little bit wet. And they had, they had a series of different rooms. They were really great with goat's cheeses. And they, um, so they, they taught me how to look after goat's cheeses very, very well. And that would go into the, they had a specific room for drying, a specific room for aging. And then when they felt it was ready, it would then get wrapped and sent out. And it was, they were very, very good at that. So it, I learned, it seems like <clears throat> part of what you learn as an offenora is that it's the importance of being incredibly focused on attention to detail yeah. and incredibly alert at the, at, about everything. It's not just we do that one batch the same. It's yeah. we, that, we look at that one cheese, we decide what are we going to do with that one cheese. If you want to be the best up in there, and then you do that with that one cheese. You might wash that cheese, you might just brush that cheese. You might just, you know, it was it was real, real care and attention to detail. And also, the Mons... I remember the first, one of the first times I, I cleaned the floor with some industrial cleaner, and they were like, "No, right. don't! Cleaning what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they were like, "These caves—they haven't been cleaned. 
dead earth floors. They ain't been cleaned ever. Not since Hubert Mons bought what was a series of garages built into the side of the hillside, extended them out a bit, done. And they, they'd had goat's cheeses in there for 60, 70 years. And so their atmosphere was like, you put cheese in there. And that's one thing that, that's why I think they're a little bit open to having people like me in there because they're Because like, they know you'll never replicate that. never replicate that. Yeah. Not unless I'm, well, I could start now, but 60, 70 years down, I'm looking for. So the yeah. kind of person that probably would succeed and be happy as an entrepreneur is somebody who can spend a lot of time by themselves yep. in a cold, damp place. Yeah, exactly. Doing repetitive. Winter was pretty tough because you go to work at seven in the morning. Um, Herbie, Herbie was really respected locally by everybody because. An entrepreneur in France is a rare thing. And I'm not just, I mean, it's a, it's a cliche, but it is it, because you have to pay so much in social tax when you pay people, you have to pay so much. It, it's, it, the whole industry is more public in France or small, which is why you get lots of small restaurants because you're not paying anybody. Um, but they don't have much entrepreneurs who've built up their business like having export cheese, French cheese, the French brand all over the world. Mm-hmm. So he was really well respected, um, really, really well respected locally. And when you work for Monzo, they're like, oh, you work for Monzo, oh, good. And they, um, they everybody respects you. At the end, I don't know where I was going with that. But well, I was just, I'm, I'm just thinking about if people are listening and thinking about whether or not they might want to have that as a career. What are some of the things that you would it's, say about? I it? mean, it's difficult. I, I mean, when I when it came to meet my time of leaving, they offered me a job and offered to bring Kathy over and give her a job and put us up because we really cared about the cheese. And I think they recognised that mm. we really cared about the cheese and we, that's what we were doing it for. But well, in the winter, I go in at six in the morning. Um, seven in the morning actually it'd be dark outside still you go into this cave especially the tunnel the tunnel was well, the tunnel was a bit of a nightmare because you'd be dealing with big pieces of comte and everything was done by hand at moms there's no machines which is good which is why it's best but at the same time we'd be flipping lots of big pieces of comte it's completely dark in the cave, tunnel the nearest person in the tunnel probably about 100 meters away um, admittedly we'd have music on it's cold it's wet it's hard work really hard work strenuous work learned a lot about cheese then if you, I mean, I used to come out for lunch, admittedly, um, that's one thing I did love about France. It was like one o'clock, tools down, an hour's worth of lunch. And even if delivery drivers would turn up, they'd turn up and they'd see you on your lunch break and they'd be like, don't worry about it. I'll come back when you finish your lunch. They wouldn't, they wouldn't. That's eat. respect for food. Yeah, exactly. They were like, no, you're having your lunch. And then, then they, then we'd go back and work till about five, six o'clock at night. Depends on how much stock we received. Cause there was, it was the thing at Mons is they had, one of the few places in France I've worked, because I worked for the company in France, where they had a real attitude towards that cheese has come in, that cheese needs to be sorted. We can't just leave those something more and do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Those cheeses will go away today, they will go in the right place today. Yeah. And Guillaume was there and you wouldn't leave until all the cheeses were away where they should be away. And it was it wasn't a question of like it's five o'clock. Yeah. It's it, it was a question of I mean, sometimes it looked like he was gonna gonna cry when when you when you got all the samples in there. But it'd be like he was like, they're not going away until this cheese has got to be perfect. Yeah. And you know, and if we leave it in that fridge for a day, it's gonna dull it a little bit. So we're gonna bring it in. We're gonna do it. perfect. Put more where it's supposed to be. So it would be finished when the cheese is done. So you'd, so you'd finish and you go outside and it was dark. So you'd spent all day in a cold, wet, dark tunnel. You'd gone to work when it was dark and you come out when it was dark mm. and it was a bit like. Yeah. It's tough, you know, and they, they got through half and years. generally did for about one, two years because it's it's one of those things that thing you think is idyllic, but you know, you're working for the best. And I learned a heck of a lot about cheese, but one of the reasons I didn't stay, I mean, I could have worked my way up, but one of the reasons I didn't stay is because it was 
Blooming hard work. So did you think maybe I could do that here in... No, I don't think it works in the UK because we've, we've got such a better chance by now. We don't have the Alps as well. We don't mm. have people stuck out in outlying places in the middle of nowhere. And actually, I feel that, you know, Sam, well, people like Jamie Montgomery has made cheddar all his life. His stores have had these cheddar in all his life. You know? If he doesn't know how to look after his cheese, mm. mm-hmm. you know, he, he knows more about his cheese than I will ever know. Yeah. Um, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. And he's got an atmosphere in that cave. Absolutely. Which is Montgomery's. Why do I want to bring in three or four cheddars and store in my cave and, and possibly dilute what is unique about them? About each um, what I want to do is make sure that every cheese I sell is perfect. So that's why we, we call it kind of cheese care or, yeah. or just management. So then I'm, after, when you realise I don't want to, Affinage is not for me, what was the next thing you looked into doing? I just didn't know what to do really, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But what I felt is that I visited so many French cheese producers that were small and amazing. I felt like I knew a lot about French cheese. And I felt like I'd never seen cheddar being made. I'd never seen Lancashire being made. I was like, I know all this about French cheese. I mean, admit that I visited a few when I was in Edinburgh and knew a bit about some of the Scottish cheeses. But I didn't know anything about these traditional British cheeses and why they were different to the French cheeses and how that came about. So I was like, well, I'd like to go back and learn a bit more about the British cheeses, because that's what interested me. Because I feel like I know a lot about French cheeses, visit some amazing producers. And in Britain, we are in a good position in the cheese industry, you know, everybody was shouting about it. However, it was in the paper, everybody was saying, look, we got more cheese in the French, we're amazing, we want mm. pasteurised producers. I think that's wrong, but I think that we have some amazing producers and make some amazing cheeses, and I wanted to know more about them. So I came back to the UK, and looked for a job, not many jobs in specialist cheese, um, buying cheese co were, were very kind to take me on actually at the time um, because they didn't really have a job for me but what they saw was somebody who loves cheese and saw somebody who spent all this time in France knew a heck of a lot about French cheeses and just really cared about cheese so they took me on um, and they were going at quite a rate so they took me on and, and kind of gave me freedom to do what I wanted so you moved to Bath so to I moved work to for Bath. a fine cheese yeah. company um, so I moved to Bath to work for the fine cheese company Looked to other people, looked to going back to Paxton's, um, but again, wasn't really that much opportunity there. Looked at going to Neil's Yard Dairy. Again, there was opportunities there, but it would have been shop related. I felt like I wanted to learn about the cheeses. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the fine cheese cover, like, I'll come in and you can improve our cheeses. You can, you can pretty much do whatever you want, but just you've got to add value to this business. Um, so that's what I did. <laughs> um, I looked, I mean, a lot of people said to me, why don't you make cheese? But, Looked at it a lot of the time, and the be- for me the best cheesemakers, the real ones that really care, can control their animal husbandry, their, what they're being fed. They're really what they are first and foremost is real great farmers mm. because that's that's your raw product right there. What is being fed, what the the type of breed, and I don't want to be a farmer. It's not one thing, and I, I don't really have enough knowledge to control a farmer either and tell them what to do with their milk. Mm. And I do enjoy cheese making, but the other thing I love about cheese, is all the diversity in it. I love mm-hmm. the fact that. I can taste this and taste that. And if I was yeah. making a cheese, I'd feel like, A, I'd have to be a farmer because I'd want a real good quality milk. And B, I'd have to make one cheese because I'd have to just yeah. nail yeah. one cheese. Maybe two. I mean, I've seen people nail two or three, but just feel like, this is the cheese I'm going to make. Super focused, yeah. Super focused. I want to make the best cheese in this, in this type. And I felt like I'm not in a position to do either of them. A, I don't want to be a farmer. And B, I like the diversity in cheese. And actually, I feel like there's enough people, there's not enough people making good cheese. There's not enough people selling good cheese and really championing it. Um, especially in areas like this, you know, there's nowhere to get really great cheese. You can get it from the supermarket. The waitresses and booths do a great job nowadays. They do sell great cheese. But I wanted to have like whole cheeses cooked by the block. Somebody who talked to you about that cheese. It's cooked fresh every day. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't you know, it's just yeah. like the cheese at its best, we store at its best. 
we're going to do 20 cheeses, we turn them over fast, everything is cooked fresh every day, everything is, tastes amazing, there's no, there's no shortcuts, you know, there's no, nothing to happen, there's no, there's no vat packing, there's no gas flushing, there's no mm -hmm. buying it in, in little bits, it's just like, we're buying a whole wheel, we cut onto it, we sell it that week, it's yeah. done, you know, and that's, and everything is cut and tasted, how is it, if you iron that cheese in the store, when it tastes amazing in the store, it's because it's just, it's never been cut, it's never been opened, and you're just ironing, and you're getting little, little glimpses of nectar, trying to pass that on to people through the shop, and I felt like that. There is a lot of people, George Muse does an outstanding job up in Glasgow. Martin got has a shop just up the road, Cartmel Cheese, but he opened a shop because he was making this great cheese, St. James, absolutely great cheese. And he was like, I don't want to sell it to anybody locally. I don't want anybody to sell my cheese locally because they don't look after my cheese, they don't care about my cheese, they don't champion St. James is this washed, drying, rich, amazing, deep sheet smelt cheese. They just go, oh, it's a washed, drying, it stinks, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and he was like, I don't want to sell it to anybody locally. So it was selling all that, selling the majority down in the other side of London, and he was like, well, I want, I want my cheese to be available locally. So what he did, well, sod it, I'll open a shop, you know? So he, op he opened a shop because he felt like there was, there was nobody. And he he said, was the best champion for his yeah, cheese. Yeah, exactly. And the way he said to me the other day, he was like, if you'd have opened 10, 15 years ago, or 10 years ago, we would remember never opened our shop because we wouldn't have seen that need to sell mm. the cheese. We wouldn't be able to say to people, well, you want to buy a cheese? Go there and buy it. Because I felt like I couldn't do that. But so that he's got a great shop. And there's people who sell good cheese on a, on a small scale as well. You know, there's, there's really great cheese mongers who... And there's some great delis, actually. And there's some great delis who, who sell, sell through limited ranges. And I'm not decrying them um, at all. But I didn't feel like there was... There's too many delis I go into. There's too many cheese shops I went into. And I was like, this cheese is off dead. You know, that if Jay Montgomery came and looked at this cheese there, he'd be like... Yeah, be sad about it. Uh, that's not my cheese. That's not... That cheese, when that cheese left me, that is not how it tasted, that is not how it looked. And then that is... The person goes home and takes that takes that bit of cheese, tastes that bit and goes... That That's what his cheese tastes like. Mm. And every time they go on the rest of their life thinking, that's what Montgomery's tastes like. And that's not what Montgomery's tastes like. Because it's been killed at various stages. So... We felt. So when you decided that you wanted to open the shop, did it feel like, okay, I finally settled into the thing in cheese that I'm yeah. meant to do? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think that it was, it was opportunity. And also we wanted to be self-employed. There wasn't anywhere, anywhere to go in the North. We wanted to sell cheese. Um, we quite like, Cathy really enjoys customer interaction. Retail is very different in hospitality. You get a lot longer in hospitality speaks to me. But in retail, you do get regular customers, and she enjoys that. So the relationship want, building. The relationship building, yeah, and, and having customers. I mean, we, we, in, in this area particularly, the, the people who are interested in food, there's, there's not many of them, but they really support you. So it's, um, it's not as many as there will be. So there's people, who, there's people who buy cheese from me who live in London Monday to Friday, and they buy cheese from me on a Sunday to go to London with. <laughs> and they can buy good cheese in London. I, I know they can buy good cheese in London, but it's that they want to support... Yeah. You know, they're doing it for not just reasons. They know they can buy. There's plenty of good cheese shops in London. Um, they know they can buy good cheese in London, but they want to support us and help us, you know, because it's a relationship. Yeah. You know, it's, um, That's one of the things that small independent shops foster. Yeah, This exactly. idea of that the community is responsible for the shop as much as the shop is responsible for the community. Exactly, exactly. And people people send a lot of customers our way. Um, it's just a really nice community setup, actually. I mean, we, I mean we, we have in the shop, we have like a, People come into me, we have a board of all like the local food producers and go, well, you want to get that, you've got to go there. They do amazing stuff. You want to get that, you want to go there, you've got to go there. Because it's, and that's what everybody does in sales. Somebody goes into a shopping center and says, where can you get good cheese? They go, you've got to go to Oh, where can I get good food? Yeah. There's a, there's a very famous 
uh, place down the road called, um, it was on Grand Designs, it was the castle, it's called Peel Castle, Castle of Candy B&B or something. But they could do food, and they do B&B, they could do food, they have a lot of customers come in, they're full almost every night. But when people come in, they go, we'll put out some plates and some knives and some napkins, go up to the courtyard, get yourself a bottle of wine, That's get great. yourself a cheese board, get yourself a loaf of bread, come back here, that'll be a better meal than we can do. That's great. You know, and, and, and it is. People come up and get a good bottle of wine from Rob, who has the wine shop next door, Bon Vino, and then they'll get some cheese from us, and they'll go back. And actually, that's going to be a pretty damn good meal. <laughs> I'm not just saying that. but well, like, It's my it, perfect meal. Exactly, you know. So it's, um, and it's like that in this community. People really support us. Isn't it? That's oh, it sounds like you and Kathy found exactly what we needed, yeah. What you needed. But, so what I would really appreciate is if um, we could another point in time have a chat about how you found that shop because I think a lot of people think um, I would love to have a shop but I don't have the slightest idea how to go about finding it so next time um, if I can come back we can have a chat yeah no definitely definitely I hope my chat with Andy has inspired you to visit his shop and if you can't get to settle anytime soon visit Andy's website at thecourtyarddairy.co.uk where you could purchase some of the very best cheeses available Thank you.